It's day two at Big 12 Media Days, and we have interviews with Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian and Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. Let's go. It's the number one college football show. I'm pleased to be joined by Texas Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Coach, how you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking time to join us here. Coach, I want to start with this. I think you were a missed field goal away from beating Alabama, if not an injury to your starting quarterback away from beating Alabama. You're headed there to Tuscaloosa. You're going back to a place that you, I'd like to think of, think of as a home for you. How excited are you to bring your team to Tuscaloosa? Well, it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, I've stated this before and I'll state it again. I've got a great deal of respect for that program. Uh, I've got a great deal of respect for Coach Saban. Uh, I know, I know the, uh, that organization and, and how well prepared they are week in and week out. I know the job that he does and, and what he instills in those kids and the quality of players that they have on that team. So we know it's a great challenge. Uh, you, you go, you don't, not a lot of people go into Bryant-Denny Stadium uh, and beat Alabama. So it's a heck of a challenge. Uh, but I know our guys will be up for it. Um, like I said, I thought we played well last year. Unfortunately, um, you know, we didn't come out on top. And so we'll put our best foot forward this year and, uh, and see how far we can take it. Being picked to win the Big 12 Conference is not something we see regularly from Texas. And frankly, I've been loud about it all summer. It's the most talented roster in the league. It's one of the most talented rosters in all the sport. What are you doing to try to make sure that talent reaches its potential in 2023? Well, I think the, the, the couple things with the expectations. I think one, you know, that's why you come to Texas, right? Is you, you, you want to put yourself on the biggest stage. You want to try to feel the team that is competitive week in and week out, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the conference. Uh, but inevitably, expectations are just that. Um, we're going to be defined by the way that we play. Uh, and what we put on the field, you know, week in and week out. And so we've got to prepare really well. We've got to prepare really well physically. We have to prepare really well mentally. We have to prepare for the, for the ups and downs of a season, for the adversity of, of a season, for the adversity that you face in game. And so those are things that we're working on. Um, you know, we, expectations are just that. The reality of it is, come December, that's what will be, de be defined by, by the way we play. I know that the offense gets a lot of noise because you're the head coach and you got a great player in Quinn Ewers, but I got to point it out, coach, like you got Quinn over there, right? You, you got Xavier, so, uh, Xavier Worthy over there. I'm looking, I'm going, it doesn't feel like you're going to miss B. John Robinson. I know I'm probably wrong here, but you also got a really stout backfield. Do you feel like you got a weakness? Do you feel like you have something you have to shore up on that offensive side of the ball? Well, I think ultimately for us on offense is playing with consistency. You know, we came out of last year and, you, you know, we always try to self-evaluate. And I felt like at times we were a little bit of a one-dimensional team. We ran the ball extremely well. Bijan, Roshan, they were tremendous players for us. So you try to sure up some things. You try to mature. Obviously, we're returning five starting offensive linemen. Two of those were true freshmen a year ago. And those guys now are a year older. They've been in the system. Quinn is, a, is going into year two in the system. I think his comfort level uh, is at 
definitely new heights. I think we've, we've balanced out the receiving core. Obviously, we, we have Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington coming back. But with some of the additions, the AD Mitchells, we get Isaiah Nair back. We recruited well. Uh, and then JT Sanders really emerged last year. So hopefully we can continue to build on that uh, and, and use that experience that we have with the influx of some of the new players to where we are a balanced offense. And I agree with you too, RJ. I, I do think our backfield, we've got really good players back there, um, whether it's a, a Jonathan Brooks, a Jaden Blue, a, a Keelan Robinson, the addition of a Cedric Baxter. Uh, but ultimately somebody's going to have to, you know, pardon my analogy, take the bull by the horns and, and become that lead guy. And that's what training camp's for. My goodness, when you when I hear him, you name them like that, I'm just kind of floored because I know that's a dude, that's a dude, that's a dude. They're all dudes. But the guy behind center, Quinn Ewers, he said something I really locked in on, which is I'm getting a PhD in quarterback play from Coach Sarkeesian. What does that mean? Like, translate that for me because I understand it means very smart. However, for him going from year one to year two where he was essentially a true freshman playing quarterback, what does that look like on the field? Well, I think one thing for us that's important to, of note, you know, we run an NFL system, you know, and, and, and everything we do now is the same stuff I was running with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Muhammad and Sanu in, in Atlanta for, for two years. And so the reality of it is there's a lot of nuances to what we do. And it's one thing just to run plays. It's another to know the intricacies of those plays and to uh, how they fit against specific defenses and, and anticipating where that ball should go. And I, I think naturally, as you, if you put in the time like Quinn is doing right now, uh, you, you see the steps that get, that get made when you go into year two in our system. And uh, he wasn't fortunate enough to, to take a year to watch somebody else run what we do. He kind of got thrown into the, into the fire. And there were some ups and there were some downs. But to his credit, I think we learned a lot about his resolve. I think we learned a lot about his leadership, his willingness to stand there in the fire. Uh, inevitably, I think that's somebody that our players want to rally behind. Uh, but also, I think in his mind, man, when I get this system down, which is where he's at now, uh, we've got a chance to do something really special offensively. And, and he's done that. He's put in a lot of work. Uh, and I'm very proud of what he's been able to do to put himself in this position. Defensively, I don't think you can do better than asking a guy like Jalen Ford to lead your unit. But he emerged in a huge way for me last year. I knew he was a good player. He turned out to be a great player in 2022. What are you looking for from him and the rest of that unit as you go into 2023? Yeah, I was proud of those guys. I was proud of our defensive staff. I was proud of the players for the, for the leaps and bounds they made from year one to year two. Uh, we played a more consistent brand of football. I thought we played aggressive. We played tough. We affected the other team's quarterback. Naturally, in the game of football, you know, we've got to continue to find ways to create turnovers. And so that's been a big point of emphasis of ours. Uh, we've got to continue to find a way not to just get third down stops, but fourth down stops. That's another area for improvement for us. But Jalen Ford is definitely our catalyst. You know, he's a leader. Anytime you have a guy coming back with the type of production that he had, the leadership that he has, the way he represents the University of Texas, that's a great starting point. But he's surrounded by a bunch of really good players. He's surrounded by a coaching staff on our defensive side of the ball that's been the same now for three straight years. So there's great continuity there as well. So we're excited about how far these guys can take it and if we can continue that incremental growth that we saw from year one to year two and then do that from from year two to year three I, I think they're poised for a, for a great season 
One of the things you said earlier is about the expectations and why you come to the University of Texas to play football. And I want to key in on that for you personally, because it feels like this is a tremendously important year. Your last year in the Big 12, you're headed to a new conference in the SEC. I think it's the best football conference in the country. And you also have to deal with, well, another five-star quarterback that's waiting in the wings and one Arch Manning. How are you coping with all of these different ways in which you, the head coach at the University of Texas, are being pulled? Man, I love it. <laughs> I love okay. every day. And I, I, you, you kind of you made me light up with that because what an awesome opportunity. You know, I, I wake up every morning. Uh, I'm the head coach of the University of Texas. I'm humbled. I'm honored. You know, I, I think about I think about Mac Brown. I think about Daryl Royal. I think about national championships. I think about Heisman Trophy winners. I think about the great players, uh, and I think that you know what we're doing right now, what we're building. Uh, it's been a process, n no question about that. But I think we are in position to go and do great things, and I think our players recognize it. Our staff recognize it. Uh, I've been I haven't been shy to say I feel like this team's on a mission. They've been laser focused on what they want to go accomplish this year, which is win a big win a Big 12 championship. Uh, we've got to go do that on the field come the fall. Uh, but we've we've been doing the necessary things, and, and our players deserve a lot of credit for that because they have committed themselves to this process uh, better than we have even the previous two years. And I think that that's why they feel very comfortable and confident as well that that we can go accomplish our our goal, which is which is try to go win a championship this fall. Coach Sark, I appreciate you taking time to join us here on the number one college football show, and good luck in 2023, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm pleased to be joined by Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers. Quinn, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good, sir. I'm excited to talk with you. I want to get started this way. How excited are you to get another bite at Alabama this year in Tuscaloosa after how you played against them last year? Yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be a great atmosphere, you know, playing in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, I was I – was, uh, recruited by coach Sark up there so I was able to to go up there as a recruit and I kind of you know saw the atmosphere and kind of what it's like um, <clears throat> and I couldn't be more excited for to, to go up there and play those guys again um, like I said it's going to be so much fun a great environment I know I know this team's fired up about it but you know at the end of the day we're, we just want to go one and know so we're starting with rice and then obviously we're humans it's human nature to kind of think past um, or not think past but see who we have next after after the Rice Owls. Um, but yeah, we're, we're fired up. We're ready to roll. Well, I mean, hey, look, uh, since we're going to talk about Rice for just a second, number one, that game's on Fox, so I'm going to be watching it. Number two, do you think you're going to get towed this year? Man, <laughs> I sure hope not. You know, I figured out, you know, that, that parking lot's for the, for the sweet holders, so it's probably, not, it's probably good I don't, don't park in there anymore. How about that? That was, was, that was a pretty fun occurrence. Well, I, I, I asked because, A, I did not expect to see that the starting quarterback for University of Texas gets his truck towed. <laughs> On the other hand, though, uh, it is kind of a marker in how big an atmosphere you and that Longhorn program have created. A lot of people are invested. You're picked to finish first in the Big 12. And frankly, I think y'all are the most talented roster in this league. Saying you want to go one and one is one thing. But when you look across the board, which got on offense, you got to feel excited about it, Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, excuse me. I mean, we're we're all fired up. Um, you know, I got all all five starters at O line coming back, which I couldn't be more happy about. You know, those guys just growing together. Um, 
it's just it's awesome to see that. I mean, the way the way this team has grown throughout this offseason has just been, uh, you know, really fun to kind of see. You know, sometimes I kind of sit back and kind of just see what the, what's going on with them. And it's, it's so cool to see even the receiver room. Um, obviously, we had some we at we got a good ad um, with A.D. Mitchell and with uh, some younger guys coming in. And, um, you know, we hired a new coach at that position, which um, has been great. Um, he's really he can he comes from the NFL, so you know those guys are really buying in on what he's installing in those in those young guys and even the older guys like like Jordan Whittington. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, the way the way this team has grown has been really cool to see. It sounds like what you really want to do is get out there and play some football, and I'm curious to see how you have progressed and how much more comfortable and slowed down and just taking it all in that you are because. It feels like this year could be a lot of fun for you given you've got one year in the system, you understand what Coach Stark wants from you, and you know who you're throwing to. Yeah, 100%. I mean, <clears throat> throughout this spring, um, starting in the winter, through the winter, the spring, and this this past summer, I've just been, my comfort level has gone through the roof. Um, I'm a whole lot more confident in the offense. Uh, everything is slowing down. You know, last year about this time during uh, our PRPs, I mean, I'm stepping up to the to the line or whatever. Like, God, what's the play again? Like, I just had so much going on, and then I didn't have time to, you know, look at the front and then see what the defense is running. I'm just kind of playing off instinct throughout fall camp and whatnot. But like you said, I'm just so much more comfortable. You know, I have time to kind of, you know, um, see what the defense is doing. You know, communicate to the O line, communicate to the receivers, tell the running back, you know, hey, you know, remind them what he's got, and then see the play clock, and then. I'm ready to snap the ball. I mean, <clears throat> the year two uh, so far has been a big jump for me. One of the things that you had said that I'd seen written was you felt like you were getting a PhD in quarterback play from Coach Sarkeesian. Can you elaborate on what you mean when you say that? Yeah, um, obviously he played the position that I played at a at a high level <clears throat> over at BYU. Um, so he knows what it looks like. He, he, he's been there. He's done that. Um, he's won some big games. Um, and obviously he's uh, won a national championship over at Alabama. Um, so having him as kind of that guy to lean on and kind of have as a, you know, a coach in, in, the, in that quarterback room with us, I mean, he has the answers. You know, he has the answers to the test. Um, you know, and having a guy like that who's, you know, produced the quarterbacks that he's produced, you know, obviously that's not a coincidence at all. He's... He's, um, you know, one of the best um, guys to lean on and quarterback-wise um, in, 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 the, in, the, in the nation, for sure. You also get to share those notes with a couple of really talented guys in that quarterback room, one being Malik Murphy, the other being Arch Manning. What has the camaraderie been like in the quarterback room? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really cool to see the way that we interact uh, as a quarterback room just because how close we are together. I mean... Nobody in that room is trying to find ways around the other. I mean, we're all we're all working towards a common goal together. Uh, but obviously, only one quarterback can play, which is why it's one of the most important positions in all the sports. Um, but like I said, those are like my best friends in that room. We have we have a blast together. We do quarterback dinners together. Um, we have so much fun together. Just you know, not even in the quarterback room, like outside the quarterback room, which is which is rare and it's cool to see. Uh, you know, a group of guys like that when we're all competing against each other. How excited are you to finish this era of Texas football in the Big 12 and, frankly, to begin a new one 
in the SEC in 2024? Yeah, um, you know, this is our last year in the Big 12. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think of, I think our, you know, our university has made great decisions. Um, you know, obviously, um, for, for most of the guys who, who started here in the Big 12, I know it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe a little tough leaving, but at the end of the day, um, we trust our administration and what they do. Um, and we couldn't be more excited for, for, you know, what we're doing. But at the end of the day, we're, we're really focused on, you know, this year, this last year in the Big 12, not, not really looking past that as a, as a locker room for sure. I realized last year you had B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson in the backfield. One of those guys, having been a former quarterback, even at Texas, probably helped your confidence, especially in year one. But now you got a really talented backfield, but you're looking for somebody to take over that as that lead dog. What have you seen from those running backs in that room that gives you some hope for the future? Yeah, um, obviously they they know what, you know, Bijan and and Roshan, what they did to be the players that they were. Um, and like you said, that's such a talented room. We've, we always have depth at running back, which is amazing. I mean, all those guys are great pass catchers um, and great running backs. They have great vision. Um, and I'm excited. I think they're all going to be very useful for this team. Um, yeah, like we have, we have a lot of depth. I mean, we added, uh, you know, Savion Red to that mix. You know, he moved from receiver to running back, and we got – Cedric Baxter in the backfield as well. You know, Keelan Robinson, Jaden Blue, Jordan Brooks. I mean, all those guys are, are, are very capable of playing. Texas being picked to finish atop the Big 12 is not a common occurrence. I, I mentioned over and over again how talented you guys are from a roster standpoint. How is that pressure being felt at the University of Texas football program? Yeah, you know, obviously that's great. Um, that, that people see our talent, but you know, it's, it's a whole lot more than talent because there's been a whole bunch of talented teams at the University of Texas that haven't really panned out to what they're supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> so we're, we're really trying to connect and, uh, you know, you know, just stabilize our culture and, and you know, what we believe in. And, um, you know, we, we have a lot of small sayings that kind of, you know, make us stand together. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of the way that that our team is kind of approaching this whole ideal of, you know, this season. And, but, you know, we, we, we really trying to focus on, um, you know, the opinions inside our building, you know, we try to kind of stay out of, you know, the outside voices that, that, that kind of leak through, but obviously, you know, like I said, we're humans, we, we have social media, we hear what's going on. Um, but there's also people saying that, you know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, be in the mix for, for all this stuff. So, you know, it goes both ways. So we really just need to focus on our opinions inside the facility. My last one for you, Quinn, you've told me that there are a lot of little phrases and sayings that you have inside of that room that seem to buoy you all. Can you give me one of those and tell me why it's important to you? <clears throat> yeah, I'll give you one. We, we came up with this one as kind of like a leadership council. It was um, Jordan Whittington who actually kind of brought it up. It's um, the wall is blue, you know, you know, it could be white or, or green or anything, but at that point in time, everyone on the team, the wall is blue, but, you know, you can, you can think it otherwise, but at that time, you got to trust what he says and you got to, because we're all working towards a common goal. If everyone works towards that common goal, it usually works out, you know. I do. Belief in one another and belief in your leaders. Quinn Ewers, thank you so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. Good luck in 2023, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
I'm pleased to be joined by TCU head coach Sonny Dykes. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, sir. Uh, are you swagging around like the man who played in the national championship game last year? Because you should be. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't know if you saw the score of that game. Uh, <laughs> that didn't go the way we wanted it to. So that's good, though. I mean, that's humbling. It's good for you. It makes you, it keeps you grounded and and makes you understand you got a long way to go to get where you want to go uh, and, and be ultimately. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun year. Um, it was a great way to start uh, our tenure at TCU and. You know, I think, uh, I think we saw that kind of uh, promise and potential in the program, and that's why, that's why we chose to come to Fort Worth and come to TCU is because we felt like we could play in those big games, the Big 12 Championship and the Fiesta Bowl and, and the National Championship game. And, um, you know, but at the same time, we, we got a long way to go, and this year's team is completely different than last year's, and we got some big challenges in front of us. But, you know, I think we all have that feeling in the back of our mind, hey, look, we can get there, and, and uh, we, we got a chance to do this. I'm curious, Coach, because there's one way of looking at that, which is to score that national championship game. Another one is you won the Fiesta Bowl against an undefeated Big Ten champion, Michigan, and you're going into a season in which it feels like people are expecting Texas Christian to take over the mantle of being the dominant team in the Big 12. How are you responding? How is your team responding to those waves of emotion? Yeah, you know, the, the thing that we try to do, honestly, and we did it last year, we were picked, I think, seventh or eighth, you know, in the preseason poll last year and, and um, you know, and, and ended up in the Big 12 championship game and, you know, like I said, in the playoff and the national championship. But, you know, this year is kind of the same thing. I mean, I think we're picked fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, and so, you know, our guys don't pay much attention to that. I, don't, I think if we were picked first, they would have the same kind of mentality that we had last year, pick seventh. And it's about us, and it's just about us getting better. And, you know, it, the season is a, is a marathon. I mean, it really is. It's a, it's a grind. Uh, you got to play well week in, week out. Um, it's a long season, and, and, you know, our guys understand that. And it's, you know, you're not going to win a national championship in week one or week two. And you've got to have a great mentality. You got to stay focused. You got to not get too high. You got to not let, get too low. You just have to, to, you know, weather the storm in so many ways, and, and the, the season can be a, a, a tough storm. And as you said, I mean, the, the, the Big 12 is really good top to bottom. Um, there's a lot of really good football teams, really talented football teams. Um, there's, we're undergoing a lot of changes, obviously, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving after this season and four new members coming in this season. So it's going to be a really interesting league. Um, last year, one of the great things about the, the Big 12 was we got to play everybody. You know, we played the, the nine other uh, teams in the league, and this year is going to be a little bit different with, with those teams being here and uh, uh, Oklahoma, Texas still being here and the, the four coming in. Uh, so your schedule is going to be really important this year and who you play and when you play them. And, and all those things, I think, contribute to, you know, to whoever's going to win the league. And, um, and that was the cool thing about last year was you played everybody. Everybody played the same schedule, and this year is not going to be the case. Well, y'all demonstrated some heart in ways that other teams just don't get to demonstrate or don't rise to the challenge last year. I remember the fire drill you got to run, get the field goal unit on against Baylor being one of those that just seared into my brain. So lots of things that you learn from your team and how they respond to pressure. But I've been taken aback by seeing I Am The Program across some of the kids' shirts. And I wanted to ask, was that your idea? And how have they internalized that idea that what they do, how they act is the program? 
Yeah, you know, really from our first meeting uh, with our players, uh, you know, we talked about that. I mean, look, we feel like we have the best strength and conditioning staff in college football. I think Kaz Kazadi and, and his group are, are truly elite. Um, you know, strength coaches are about getting guys bigger, faster, stronger, and that's probably 10% of what Kaz does. I mean, he, he does so much more with our players, builds culture, um, you know, we're big into injury prevention and nutrition and recovery. Every little thing that we can squeeze out of out of strength and conditioning, we try to squeeze it out of it. As you said, I mean, that's something that we, we try to, to, to teach personal accountability every single day um, and understanding that if you want to have a great football team, then you have to make sacrifices and, and understanding that what you do impacts not only you, but the other 124 players in our program. Um, and, and those guys, I think, understanding that, believing that, buying into that, that philosophy that, look, your work is only beginning when you leave the building. You know, the guys come and they practice and they lift and they go to meetings and they do all those things. But then what they do when they leave our building is just as important as what they do when they're in there. And whether that's recovery or rest or making good decisions off the field and, and just doing things that they're supposed to do to make them good teammates. And, you know, our, our team last year really understood that. Those guys bought into that philosophy. And, and hopefully this year's team will, will do the same thing. And if we do, we feel like we have enough pieces to be able to have a good football team again. And hopefully get on that same kind of run and, and look up and, and uh, be in the mix when it's all said and done. You mentioned the schedule last year and being able to play everybody in the Big 12, but you also had a game against Colorado last year at Folsom this year. You get that game at your house with Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, Coach of Colorado. It's a big game on the schedule for me. It's a big game on the schedule for Fox. Are you and your kids looking forward to playing in that game in particular? Yeah, you know, the one thing we try to, to talk about is kind of like I said earlier, look, understanding that every game is important. I mean, and, and, and that's what makes college football so cool and so unique is, you know, if you go and you don't play well against Colorado, you lose that game, well, that game is going to matter at the end of the season, you know, when you're, when you're sitting there hoping to get in the playoff. And, and that's what makes football so unique and college football in particular is every single game matters. And you have to have the same kind of approach and mentality and preparation week in and week out. Our guys will be excited to play just because, you know, it's, it's uh, the big noon kickoff at Fox. You know, I was watching the, the All-Star game last night with my son who's six years old and we saw the promo for, for Colorado TCU. And, and so, you know, a lot of other people saw it. So there's gonna be a lot, of, uh, a lot of attention on that game, but our guys know that, look, I mean, it's just the beginning of the season. And as I said earlier, I mean, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we're gonna have to prepare well and play well to have a chance to beat those guys. And, and that's really what our program's all about. I mean, that was what I was so proud of last year is we played 15 games and we played really, really good in 14 of those games um, and didn't play well in the last one. And, uh, but, but you've got to play well. I mean, you have to play well week in and week out or, or we don't have the kind of team that can show up and not play well and win. And so that's, our guys understand that. And so we got to be prepared and, and play consistent football you know, for, for, for the duration of the season. Sticking with this idea of the schedule and, and opponents, Coach, uh, one of my favorite memories in the offseason is seeing Senator Lois Cokehurst say, hey, look, uh, Texas, you got a losing record against TCU. It seems like y'all can't get it done when you're trying to get it done. That <laughs> win you had on the 40 acres last year, I thought was such a big deal. It was a signature win, not just for you, but for many TCU fans who had been waiting for that sort of an outburst from their program at that place. Going into this season, 
do you feel some kind of way about Texas bolted for the SEC? Or are you just going, okay, good riddance. We can beat you anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm responsible for one of those wins uh, that TCU's had against Texas. And, uh, but they've had a bunch here recently. And, and like I said, a lot of that happened before I was here. And that, uh, that's Coach Patterson's credit and, and really our players' credit. I, I, look, I think that TCU for years has been a blue-collar program. You know, we want to cont continue to be a blue-collar program. I mean, we're, you know, our program's different. I mean, we're, we try to be more steak and less sizzle and, and, you know, just try to work hard every day and, and understand that, you know, we're not going to get a lot of hype, uh, and, and that's okay. And, and I think our players kind of enjoy that role as an underdog. And, you know, as we said earlier, I mean, look, we're picked in the middle of the pack in the league this year um, after coming off of playing in the national championship last year. So, you know, we're, we're a team that has to prove themselves week in, week out. We don't mind that role. I think our guys are actually excited about it. The one thing I do think that was different about that win last year, they're going to Austin, was, you know, we won a game in a different way. We played great defense in the first half. We shut Texas out in the first half. The score was 3 nothing at halftime. I don't think anybody saw that kind of game. And I think that proved to us that we could, game, we could win games when our offense didn't play particularly well. Uh, and we could figure out ways to win. And it wasn't always going to be, you know, 45-42. That game you know, ended up being 17 to 10 or whatever it was. And so there wasn't a whole lot of scoring in, in that thing. And, you know, you got to win games different ways. And your, you know, your offense has to rise to the occasion some, some games like we did against Michigan and your defense has to rise to the occasion and help you win like we did against Texas. And, and if you go back and you look at our defense, man, there were so many games last year where those guys got critical stops at the end of a game, you know, to either hold on to a win or get the ball back to the offense and provide an opportunity for them to go down and win. And, you know, we don't have that great drive and that field goal against Baylor if our defense doesn't get that stop uh, late in the fourth quarter that they got. You know, we held them to a three and out there and got good field position and were able to drive it down and kick a game-winning field goal. So that's what you want. You want to be able to win games in different ways and understand that you can do it on special teams, you can do it on offense, and you can do it on defense. My last one for you, Coach. You had a lot of new additions to that 2022 team that helped you win. This year, you got several new additions, uh, three from Alabama, one in Kendall Browse coming from Arkansas. But I think the dude that I'm most intrigued by is a guy that's been on your roster, at least for the last year, in Chandler Morris. What have you seen from him growing over the last year, and what do you expect from him going into 2023? Yeah, you know, I think last year, you know, Chandler won the job, you know, going into the season last year and started uh, against Colorado and was injured in the third quarter. And then Max came in and had a tremendous season and, you know, all the way to, to Heisman Trophy finalist. Um, so, you know, I think the great thing about Chandler, he had an opportunity to watch Max, and he had an opportunity to learn from him. And, you know, Chandler's one of those guys, he's crazy competitive, he's an excitable guy, he loves big plays. And I think he got to see Max be really steady last year, you know, and just not beat us. And, and Max did a tremendous job of making plays in critical situations. But what he did probably as well as anything is, is he gave us a chance to win every Saturday. He didn't throw interceptions. He didn't make bad decisions. He didn't try to do too much. Uh, he let the game come to him. And I think in a lot of ways Chandler was able to see that. And I think that's going to make him a lot better quarterback because, look, we've got good players. I mean, we have a good supporting cast uh, around Chandler. And, and he needs to understand, look, I, I don't have to go out there and, and play perfect. I don't have to, to make all these crazy plays. I just got to go execute at a high level, take care of the football, you know, distribute the ball to the right guys and, and let them go do what they can do. And I think he's starting to understand that. He's looked really good 
Uh, he looked really good this spring. I think he's looked good in the offseason. I think he's got a lot of comfort in what we're doing offensively. So I'm fired up. I think he's going to have a great year. And, um, you know, I think that, that year last year, though, where he was able to sit back and, and watch Max have that special year, you know, taught him a lot about playing that position. It's a simple game when I hear you talk about it, Coach. That's one of the reasons I look forward to talking to you each and every Big 12 media days. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the number one college football show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. And excited about our relationship with Fox. I mean, you guys have been awesome and, and looking forward to, to seeing you all uh, that, that week at Colorado. I'm pleased to be joined by Texas Christian defensive back Bud Clark. Bud, how you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. I'm excited to talk with you about what Texas Christian has in store for 2023 because, well, 2022 went about as well as it could have. Came up one game short, but going into this 2023 season, have you sensed a mood change around the program, around the university since y'all finished in the national championship game? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the sense of urgency around everywhere has been picked up tremendously, really forward, really. And in picking up that tremendous urgency, where have you seen it come up most in spring camp and now getting ready for fall camp? Uh, you know, being able to, like, when we getting ready for fall camp, it's pretty much like, you know, just intensity everywhere. Intensity everywhere. So seeing that is it's building us pretty much. Coach Gillespie is a very intense dude, right? He's also got tremendously strong faith. What was it about last yeah. year that you saw him implementing that led to your success in 2022 and something you hope to sustain in 2023? Coach Gillespie stays calm. He stays very calm. You know, he's all rowdy, you know, turned up, but he's very calm about it. And he, that keeps us calm. So if he's calm, we see him calm, we stay calm. So y'all added a number of great players through the transfer portal. On the offensive side, it just, I got to mention, Trey Sanders, JoJo Earl, those kinds of dudes. Have you seen how their talent level has raised the level of talent, well, across the board for y'all? Oh, yeah. They raised their talent and our talent pretty much. You know, they bring that leadership from uh, different places. So, you know, they know what it takes to win, too, because they've been in winning programs. So being able to have them there is a very much help. I understand that the national championship game is one that you're very proud of, but also perhaps not as proud of your performance in it. What did you learn about you and the program, frankly, and what did you need to do to close the gap between yourself and national champion Georgia Bulldogs? Uh, you know, just pretty much, you know, just going out there and fighting, just being able to be, the, like, be like we've been there before, you know, having a, having a sense of urgency of that we've been there, you know, uh, being able to fight along with the players, you know, so it's pretty much pretty cool. The joke on the offensive side of the ball is that the second best quarterback ended up in, oh, as a Heisman finalist. So the first straight quarterback ought to be pretty good. I'm saying that as Chandler Morris won the job last year, got injured, and then lost the job to Max Duggan, who had an outstanding season. So I'm setting that up to say, what about Chandler Morris do you think makes him such a great quarterback? You know, we just lost Max. You know, you can't have no dog. Like, you got to have a dog at quarterback. And I feel like we got got us a dog at quarterback for sure. Well, in having that dog quarterback, I got to ask, how many TDs have you thrown on you in practice? Okay, he threw a couple. He threw a couple. You know, I ain't going to say too many. But he, he he's throwing some, dropped some bombs on me. <laughs> well, my last one for you, bud. Uh, what is it that you, particularly personally, 
want to do better in 2023 that you didn't do in 2022? Uh, really just be a leader. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really, a, I'm a very loud person, but I, I don't do as much, you know, when it comes to my team. You're like, I'm always a person to come to, you know, talk to, but I, I just wasn't a, a vocal presence. I feel like I'm gonna be a vocal presence this year. Well, it's you they brought the media days, and it's you that they got on the back end of that <laughs> defense. So, you know what I mean? You ain't got no choice at this point. But, Clark, thanks so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, man. Fired up. So, Coach, I want to get started with uh, – you got any more of those Tyree Wilsons lying around somewhere in Lubbock? <laughs> well, we do have somebody that looks a lot like him, um, Miles Cole, that's going to start at that position. He's 6'5 and a half, 280 pounds. He actually has longer arms than Tyree Wilson. So um, he's got a chance to be really special. He's just got to continue to grow. Played really great against Ole Miss in the bowl game. And, and so we'll see. But uh, Tyree was really special for us. Coach, I'm checking my notes here to make sure I got this right. So, in the preseason poll, media got the Red Raiders finished behind Oklahoma, who they whooped, and then behind Texas, who they whooped. So, I got to ask, Coach, uh, y'all taking that just a little bit personally? Yeah, we will. You know, there's no doubt. Um, it's one of those deals that uh, – I always try to find ways to, to motivate and fuel the fire. Um, you always got to go back and think through. Um, at the end of the day, you got to be the best version of yourselves, and it's all about Texas Tech. But there's always – you're also dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds. I mean, you, whatever way you can put a little extra fire underneath them, it always helps. And so – we do feel we've got 18 starters coming back from that bowl game, and we feel like we're a good football team. And so um, it's going to be settled on the field, and, and uh, we'll be ready to go when we have the opportunity to play those guys. One of the storylines that I've been most impressed with is just how thick through the middle this conference has gotten. I mean, like the ribs are sticking to them, right? So the question I have yeah. for you is when you look at Texas Christian, and what they were in 2021, five and seven, and what they were in 2022, national title runner-up, do y'all look over there and say, well, hell, we ain't that much different from Texas Christian. Why not us? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was really big for the Big 12 that TCU went out and beat Michigan. Um, you know, I know it wasn't what they wanted in the, in the championship game, but when you have the opportunity to play in the Final Four, it's good for the conference. And um, it's one of those deals that, uh, you know, if you can win the conference or you can play in the conference game, you've got opportunity to play in some big games after that. And then 2024, you know, the playoffs are going to expand. So you put yourself in good positions to, to be a part of that. And so we do. I mean, we, we always look – uh, of course, it's coach speak. You got to go game by game, but at the end of the year, we want to be playing in some really important games. We want to be back in this building, and uh, so we do look at it. It's why not us, and and uh, and that also we use that a lot to to fuel the fire. One of the drawbacks of last year, as good as y'all were, was the revolving door at quarterback due to injuries and play. Yeah. This year. It feels like Tyler Shuck's going to be your guy going into week one. How much more confident do you feel about that position in 2023? 
Well, you know, I didn't even realize it until Tyler said it to me going into offseason, but this is going to be the first time he's been in an offense in college to where he has the same coordinator uh, for the second year. And so when you have a kid that's so dedicated to the game, that, that wants to get better every single day, that makes a huge difference. You could see it in spring ball, um, you know, how good uh, he was um, really grasping the offense. So it, it's a huge part. He's a huge leader. Um, he's a great talent. And, you know, he believes in what we're doing. The really good thing about us is uh, we were able to keep uh, Baron Morton, who is just a, a great young talent, um, you know. And so, again, we feel really good about our room. I've said it a lot. I don't think our room gets talked about enough. Uh, my guys have won Big 12 games. Um, you know, and not a lot of other teams can say their their number two has won a Big 12 game. And so I think, I think it's really important that we have depth in that room and we have a lot of talent in that room. But I'm proud of Tyler. I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. Coach, can you, can you show off your jacket for us just a little bit? <laughs> yeah, hey. uh, a little shout out to, to Mike Leach today. Um, you know, just the tip of the hat, um, you know, to the Pirate. I'm a Texas high school coach, and uh, the influence that he had in this state, uh, you know, I think a lot of coaches think that they've influenced football, um, and, and, you know, some have, but for the most part, it's hard to change the game. Um, and, and Mike Leach changed the game, not only in the state of Texas, but in college football. And, and uh, he means a lot to Texas Tech. And so out of respect for him, I wanted to make sure I had a little tip of the cap to the Pirate today. It's a class act, Coach. It's a class move from you, and, and I can't wait to see what happens because that man needs to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. I think all of us can agree on that, and that's that's really cool to see. Yes, sir. Coach, uh, we got a little yes, segment that we do on the number one college football show called Diamond in the Rough where I usually identify yeah. an assistant that I really love, and I thought maybe you might get upset with me if we make one about Zach Kitley here because I think that is one of the next up-and-coming play callers in this sport how excited are you to have him back again and really in a position to take this conference to the next level? So excited. I, I tell everybody he's, he's as smart a football coach that I've ever been around in my life. You know, he's a, football, he's a coach's kid, so that definitely helps because he's grown up understanding, you know, the ebb and flow of, of this business and wins and losses. He's a Red Raider, and so that's even more important that we win to him. Um, that was a big part of him coming back. Um, and, and I'm telling you, man, he gets it. Um, he, he gets uh, how we want to play the game. Uh, he's really adapted to my aggressiveness on fourth down because that really changes how an offensive coordinator is going to call the game at different parts of the game. And so, I mean, he's a guy that uh, he's very unselfish. Um, he, he has a plan. He has a scheme. This is what we want to do. But he's also a guy that understands, hey, ever how we need to win the game, that's how we're going to do it. And so he can adapt. Um, and, man, he just relates to the players and the quarterbacks. And he is, man. You said it perfectly. He's one of the young talents that's – he's going to be a head coach someday. Um, I hope I get him a few years before he does that. But I definitely – I want him to be a head coach because I know at some point that's what he wants to do. Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire, thanks so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. Wreck them.
I'm pleased to be joined by Texas Tech quarterback Tyler Shuck. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. So I've already circled a game on your non-conference schedule on my schedule because it occurs to me <laughs> that when Oregon comes to Lubbock, you will be playing against a team that you led to the Fiesta Bowl not three years ago. So how excited are you to play in that game on Fox? Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, my, my fiance is from there. She's from Eugene, Oregon. I got a lot of good memories from there, a lot of great people, um, great experiences. You know, the staff's different. A lot of guys have rotated out. Um, but I still got some teammates. Um, it's going to be great to see them. It's going to be a great environment. Um, but, you know, we're, we still got Wyoming to play first, but there's definitely going to be a lot of fun, a lot of emotion coming back uh, to that game. Coach McGuire was kind enough to inform me that you told him, hey, Coach, this is going to be the first time that I played in the same system in back-to-back -back years, and just what a boon that's going to be for you. How excited are you to know what you are doing going into 2023? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's – I mean, it's big time. It's for me. It's just I have that so, so much more confidence, you know, leading the, the wide receiver group. Everyone has that more experience uh, with the offense. Um, we're kind of firing on all cylinders right now. We, we kind of we know what we chose to think. We, we know what we think. Um, there's no hesitation. There's no kind of growth period. Um, so we're really kind of coming back, expanding on what we did, finding new ways to to get to new things, um, creating some new stuff. So I think you're going to see a lot more explosive plays. You're going to see a lot more um, consistency, and you know, with our O line. Uh, coming back in some new guys, it's, um, I think that's going to be a huge, uh, huge build for us. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, how's the rehab process with your shoulder? How is your shoulder feeling? Oh, it's great. You know, last year, obviously, it was unfortunate. I broke my collarbone. Uh, got surgery on it. Um, was out the eight weeks. Um, and I'm fully healthy. You know, I played in those last four games. I was kind of running more and, and playing like I didn't even have it at all. So I, I, mean, I didn't feel it at all. I mean, Especially going into this year, I mean, I, I haven't felt better in my entire life right now, uh, physically. I mean, it's you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's a, it's a bone and it heals. You know, I haven't had any other injuries, you know, in the history of my whole career. Um, so I had a little bit of bad luck with that, but you know, looking back, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Just the opportunities that we have ahead of us, and you know, me being in the offense for a second year, uh, having that experience, and then with the culture that we have, it's just it's pretty unprecedented, and I've never seen anything like it. So. Um, it's, the shoulder's not a problem, you know, and we're just trying to stay healthy. The whole team, if we can stay healthy, I think we can have a really good year. The healthiest you have been in your entire career going into a, a season where I expect Texas Tech to be loaded for bear. Hell, I'm looking forward to 2023. Texas Tech quarterback Tyler <laughs> Shuck, thanks so much for joining us here on the number one college football show. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. I'm pleased to be joined by Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. Coach, how you doing? Doing great. I'm happy to be with you. I appreciate you taking time, Coach. Uh, I wanted to start with this. For the second spring in a row, you've decided to name Blake Shapin as your starting quarterback. He's proven over and over again that he's the guy that needs to be leading you from behind center. But what have you seen him improve upon most from year, let's say, 2021, comes on in a big way in that Big 12 championship game, to this year, heading into 2023? No, I appreciate that. There's been... Um, uh, growth in his consistency. You know, I think where some of the struggles were a year ago would be if things were good, it was good. Once there was difficulty or, or adversity or obstacles, it could get to, oh, geez, here we go. Or, you know, and I think a lot of that came from um, Blake and his career didn't have a bunch of difficulties, didn't have a bunch of adversity. I think it was 
um, one of the better players at his school and better players in the state and the sports he played really kind of succeeded uh, greatly with it. And so I think to, to, and so the adversity was one thing, but then I also think the haters probably is, is quite another's, you know? So like with the adversity come, comes the hate and, or the criticism and, and all of it. And so I think for him to, um, you know, there's a great, um, you know, T.S. Eliot is one of my favorite poem, poets. And there's a line in, that he has where he says, teach us to care and not to care. Teach us to sit still. And so I think like that's the, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the goal. And so to care would be, hey, what are the things that I'm not doing good? Where, where can I improve? Like what's the, you know, um, but then to not to care is, you know, hey, all of this, this, this hate mail's coming my way, all of these things. And so like you want to take what's instructive about the criticism and then you want to leave the emotions and all the other stuff out of it. And you, at the end result, what you want to do is sit still, like within that storm, right, or within that hurricane to be the eye of the hurricane, to be right in the middle, right, that's not moved, that's always centered and always at peace. And I think, you know, to see, to see our young people kind of go through that, and, and Blake's a great example of it. You know, you want to see him, I want to see him successful, man, you know. And so I think with the consistency, you go back to, you know, the, two years ago, we had a, a Big 12 championship here where you, it's harder to find a more consistent quarterback. And then to go to last year and the struggles of all of it, you know, there's almost like a, there's a first uh, naivete and then there's the second naivete where like you didn't know that you didn't know. But now that you know, there's so much strength that comes with that. And there's, you know, when the adversity comes, it's like, oh, here you are, my friend. It's good to see you. I want you to sit right here. I got you, you know? And so I think that's just a way different thing than kind of running away from it, or trying to shy away or hide out from it. And so I think that's one of the beautiful things about sport, man, is that it can take us to those places and those areas of growth, you know? So I think the consistency would be one thing because I mean, we had scrimmages and practices where maybe didn't start out great, but finished way, way strong, way strong. You know, and so I think that's that's a, a big growth point for Blake, you know. And the second area of improvement would be leadership. I just feel like, you know, his his ability to to uh, get his you know, get his eyes off of him and get his eyes looking out and seeing things and seeing the reality of things and if someone's doing the right thing to put him up, if someone's not doing the right thing, try to call him up, get him up to the standard. And I think to to be that that dude, when you're doing that, you know, you have to, you have to live like that. And I think he's doing all those things. So way excited, man. I, I'm, you know, way invested in the team and all of it, but uh, especially with Blake, because I think, you know, I think we all go through what he's gone through, maybe not as publicly as him, but to, to see him kind of fight for it and to, to not run away from nothing is way cool. I hear experience. I hear balance. I hear an appropriate, not just distance, but understanding of how difficult the game is and how your best doesn't always mean winning, right? Although we would like it to do, yes. to be winning. And I also see a, a program that is constantly in flux, right? Because you've had to add new players and players decide to go into the portal, those sorts of things. And I've also seen you return back to some of the things that work, right? Like there's you, mm -hmm. 
And then there are people that you trust. Uh, one of those people I'm just going to point out yeah. being Matt Powlich, a man you brought in yes. to run your defense this year, uh, who had coached mm-hmm. with you before at Baylor and has done a remarkable job at Oregon most recently. And then ULL, I believe, ULM in there. And then I'm familiar with Sam Houston State. What do you think bringing in an experienced man who understands the balance and the real tenacious spirit that your defense has is going to do for your Baylor program in 2023? No, appreciate that. Yeah, Matt brings um, uh, great character, great humility, um, um, is a learner and not a knower, you know? Um, In the times that, uh, you know, a lot of this since January for me and Matt has been, you know, hey, dude, these are like my, this is what's worked for me. These are my philosophies. These are things I think of, low red zone or coming out or, you know, third and three to five or third and 13 plus. These are where I've made mistakes. This is camp. This is uh, scrimmage days. This is... uh, you know, the, the game week. So like philosophies, I and mean, we just kind of go, this is a call sheet, how I, how I organize it. And so I just wanted to be able to go and, you know, to be honest, I haven't done that before. And, you know, maybe I should have done that pre- previously. I just didn't do that before. Um, it's just really easy to do it with Matt. I think there's such a humbleness about him and just a, a wanting to learn and wanting to, um, to get better. And so I just think that, uh, you know, He's destined for great things, man. I, I, you know, I believe whatever you put out kind of comes back to you. And I just think he's, he, he uh, continually puts good things out, treats people right, and does all the, you know, works hard. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his. I, I, I know that our players see the real in him. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny, I was, the, uh, I was talking my, my oldest girl, big Harry Potter fan, we would watch Harry Potter during the summers. Um, this summer, I brought it up because we really had not been. She's going away to college. She's going to Wisconsin. And so this first summer, really, you know, they, they'd have the Harry Potter marathons. And we usually be somewhere where there's water and stuff. And she'd be inside with the AC. And I would be too. And we'd be watching the Harry Potter, you know, marathon or whatever. And so one of the things in Harry Potter, I think it was the first one, the Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Stone, or is it the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone? Sorcerer's Stone. Philosopher's Stone, I think. Okay. And so uh, Harry is going to Hogwarts. And it's, um, you know, he's leaving for the first time. And he's trying to find, you know, on his deal, it goes, hey, you know, there's, um, you know, I think it's um, platform nine and three quarters. And he's trying to find it. And there's a platform nine. And then there's a platform 10 and 11. And he's at London Crossing. He's like, where is this? This doesn't exist. What is, what is going on, you know? And eventually he sees some folks that are going to Hogwarts too, and they run into a wall, and it's the magic, you know, kind of portal that gets them to the magic space of uh, Hogwarts. And I think that's just so true. I think it's like the in-between, right, is so – that's the magic. That's the magic. That's where the – you know, we can – one of the things that's, that's, that's worrisome about football is that we know when our games are going to be and so that we can all be try to do everything we can to put, be at our best for that game. Where to win those games, you have to be your best in all the time, in the in-between, because it gets exposed with pressure and um, it gets exposed with competitiveness and everything. And so the, the value of the in-between, to be real 
and to not be putting on a mask and not trying to play a role and not trying to be something that you ain't, I think is just way strong. And I think Powell does a great job of that, you know, and he doesn't get in his own way. And I think I know the players see that. And so excited to see the fruits of all of it, man. I, um, I'm really happy with where it's at right now. I recall that something that you kind of struggle with yourself at Baylor because you would be telling the kids what you think and why you believe it. And they would be kind of looking at you like, are you, is this guy for real? Does he really just go around telling us this over and over again? It's not like any other football coach. I think many of them have ever been around. And I like to say there's no football coach in America that is like you. So for you to acknowledge that the players are seeing the real in a man that you trust and a man that you need them to trust, I think bodes well for you. And I, Frankly, I'm looking at that across the board for you. On your offensive line in particular, you lost a lot. Uh, three super seniors, I believe, and one four-year starter. And yet, you got a couple of kiddos coming in from BYU you like, and it feels like Coach Mateos has a unit out there that can go out and, if not win football games, win a Big 12 championship. How confident are you about the offensive line in particular going into 2023? I feel good. Yeah, I appreciate the question. You know, I thought spring was was from the beginning to the end was um, like a ferocity and um, a f- single focus and uh, a hunger. That might be the best word, a hunger, mm-hmm. all the way through. And um, it was way cool to see, I think, in the beginning – there's some spottiness, uh, just new guys all trying to work together. By the last, the last two and a half weeks, like it was a strength, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, really looking for fall camp to kind of continue down that path. And I think, you know, the, um, I mean, we've got really two offensive line coaches, and Eric's a fine one, and one of the best in the country, I believe. And then, you know, Coach Grimes is our coordinator, and is. Uh, well-accomplished O-line coach himself. And so I think all the stuff is kind of geared for those guys, um, whereas I think in other, in other spots maybe it's not that way. And so, and then I think the, just the style of offense that we have, the wide zone where they're running off the football. And if a guy's there, I'm going to run him out. If he crosses my face, I'm going to post him and, bring, and let him come to, the, to the, the, the next guy inside of me. So there's not a lot of, hey, am I redoubling this? Is it a thick? Am I staying on the double? Or we're redoubling this guy. Hey, I got to get going because this guy's fast. I got to do a thin and come off quick. There isn't that. There's like, I'm running off, you know? Mm-hmm. So it allows, there's a simplicity and then the ability to play fast, which I think helps in the growth of just young players or new players. And so I feel good about it. I think the, the spring was a good kind of uh, view of uh, what's possible. I'm excited to see what Baylor football looks like and goes and achieves in 2023. Coach Randa, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the number one college football show. No, appreciate you. Well, thank you. I'm pleased to be joined by Baylor quarterback Blake Shapin. Blake, how you doing? Doing good. I want to start with this, Biggin. Uh, you came on the scene in a very large way, right? We're talking about the 2021 Big 12 title game, played your behind off. You earned the starting job in spring. You go into 2022, and it felt like you played pretty good football. You said about three games or two games where you had three interceptions apiece. Outside of that, what else do you think you could have improved upon, if anything, in 2022? 
Um, I would say there's always something that I can improve on. Looking back on the tape, I think that, you know, I can learn a lot more on the mental side of the game. Whereas right now, I think I'm where I'm at with my physical ability. You know, I can throw it and I can run it. But I think the biggest thing for me in the offseason is, is seeing how I can improve with protections, seeing how I can improve with defenses, seeing what, you know, tendencies that tendencies they might be doing. So um, that, that was, I would say that's the biggest thing. How helpful has Coach Grimes been in helping you identify those parts of what defenses are doing and you're able to spot them before they make a move? Uh, he's done a great job. Just being able to learn from him, uh, listen to him. Um, he's been around a, a lot of great quarterbacks. So uh, being able to take in any knowledge from him has been awesome. Um, little tendencies that he sees, being able to come off the field and say, hey, Blake, you see this, you see that. Um, being able to communicate with him has been big for me. Is it helpful at all to have a head coach who has been so successful as a defense coordinator going, hey, this is what the defense is trying to do to you. This is how you answered the test or the question on that test. Right. It's all it's good having a defense coordinator almost as your head coach because he does know exactly, you know, what the other defense is trying to do to us um, and team meetings. He'll let us know like, hey, you know, you might see this, you might see that. So being able just to listen to him also, I mean, he has a lot of knowledge of the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So being able to intake any knowledge from him has been big too. We hadn't expected to see the kind of player that Richard Reese turned out to be, earned freshman All-America honors, came just short of a thousand yard rush in season. And then you add a guy like Dominic Richardson to that tandem. What's it mean for you to have two guys like that that can run the ball behind you? Uh, it means everything. So... You know, have, starting with Rich, having him come back for another season, um, watching what he did as a true freshman was, was pretty amazing. Um, and having him come back with one year under his belt, it's going to be fun to watch him. And then adding a guy like Dom only just adds fuel to the fire. So Dom has been in college for a little while. He's experienced. He's been through college football. So uh, being able to watch him grow within our offense, learn our offense, and being able to try to carry him along, Get him ready for the season has been awesome. So can't wait to see those two go at it. You lost a lot on that offensive line from last year. I believe there are three super seniors and at least one four-year starter. Getting to know those guys, getting to watch those guys gel together is a big part of what you do as a quarterback. How have you been able to help them in the transition from, well, a really veteran group into this group that you expect to be very talented but hasn't played a lot of football together? Right. I think I think it starts with encouraging those guys. Um, you know, you got some younger guys, but you got some older guys, too. We added two, Clark Barrington and Campbell Barrington, both of those guys from BYU. So being able to add those two puzzle to, puzzles to the piece has been huge for us. Um, but also doing like little things um, after workouts or whatever it is, we, we go out and we'll talk through protections, five man, six man um, ways, <clears throat> you know, we can get the back out and different things like that. So being able to talk through those and for them to understand what the calls are is, has been big. And that's we've been working a lot on that. So just carrying those guys along, encouraging those guys, and, and it, it's been great. So I'm always curious about how players respond to Coach Aranda, who is a different cat. He, he moves to his own beat, and it's always real low-key, but he always gets his point across. What's it been like for you to be coached by – a guy that I like to say is just a different college football coach. You're just not going to find another one like him. 
Yeah, I think you said it best. You're not going to find another college coach like Coach Aranda. Um, he's definitely different in the way that he moves and the way that, you know, he coaches. And, you know, I think that it's very relatable to the players. I think a lot of players on our team, mostly everybody on our team, respects him a lot for what he's done at other places and how much knowledge of the game he knows, but also how he moves and how his personality is. It's a lot different than a lot of coaches. Um, but he lets us know when, when we got to get better and there's things that we need to get better at. He lets us know that. But at the same time, he cares about us off the field too. So it's pretty amazing to have a head coach like him. Blake Shapin, thank you so much for taking time to join us here on the number one college football show. And good luck this season, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me. I'm pleased to be joined by Houston head coach Dana Holgerson. Coach, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good, sir. Excited for the day. Excited for this year of Big 12 play. It's going to be unlike any that we had ever seen in the history of the Big 12, let alone the sport. How excited are you to get back in the Big 12 and to be back in the Big 12 with a new team, with Houston? Oh, it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, a couple of things. You know, I, I I'm excited to be back. I've spent 17 years in this league. Uh, seven of which as a head coach and, and 10 as an assistant. So uh, I'm excited to be back. Um, you know, the University of Houston's excited to be here as well. You know, there's a lot of history with uh, the teams that are in the Big 12 and Houston, whether it's recently with, you know, Central Florida and Cincinnati and BYU or, or almost 30 years ago with, with TCU, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of uh, – uh, uh, Baylor, you know, there's a lot of film familiarity with uh, where we're at at the University of Houston and the Big 12 in general. A lot of Southwest Conference vibes going on right about now, Coach, and I, I kind of want to talk about those because y'all get Texas at Houston for the first time in 20 years, and I don't mind saying it, it feels like they've been avoiding the University of Houston for some time now. I'm excited about that game. I think fans at Houston are excited about that game. Are you excited about that game? Uh, I'm not sure where it fits on our schedule. I think it's like like week eight or week nine, so I get excited about that, like week eight or week nine. <laughs> There's a lot of other okay. things that we need to do and and be worried about. Uh, you know, just the history, you know, the Al Southwest Conference, you mentioned that. Uh, I saw uh, Andre Ware uh, out there, and, you know, he's excited about uh, being back and playing those games as well. But, you know, back uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, Houston was pretty good, and you know whether it was football with Andre and David Klingler, or basketball with Five Slam and Jamma, or track and field with Carl Lewis. I mean, it, there's a lot of good things happening at the University of Houston, and because of a lot of politics, uh, Houston got left out. You know, and I'm proud to be at a, a, a university that's climbed its way back in. Um, you know, been doing wonderful things here for the last 15 years with great leadership, um, and now we're in that conversation, and, and it's time to to put our big boy pants on and go play some ball. Well, it climbed its way back in and they won it. I mean, you mentioned Andre Ware, who won a Heisman without playing on television. You mentioned how bad Houston won it. I don't mind saying it. I'm from the University of Tulsa. I went to Tulsa down the road. They hung 100 on the University of Tulsa. Houston plays a little ball now. You've been playing a little ball the last couple of years here, and I I wonder how many folks forget that you were 12-2 and two, two years ago, 8-5 and five last year, top of the American – it ain't like y'all are coming in here just to be another squad. It feels like from the jump, you got enough to go out there and challenge for a Big 12 championship. Am I am I wrong? 
Well, you know, uh, we've had recent success over the last, you know, eight years or whatever. We've been in a, a New Year's Six Bowl game, you know, back in 2015. You know, the teams coming in with Central Florida and Cincinnati. I mean, we, we, there's been, you know, uh, New Year's Six Bowl games and been very competitive top 10 teams over the course of the last few years. So, yeah, I think we're ready. You know, we've won 20 games, like you mentioned, over the last two years. Uh, one back-to-back -back bowl games, you know, that that's only happened to a handful of teams over the last couple of years, and University of Houston's one of them. Uh, plus, we've been uh, we've been ramping up for this for the last two years. Uh, you know, better than, you know, 75% of our roster has been recruited uh, knowing that they're going to be in the Big 12 and be able to play that Big 12 schedule. So I think all that helps and, and makes us competitive, and that's what I'm looking forward to is just lining up and having the ability to be able to compete at the highest level every week. You made a number of key additions. Uh, former Oklahoma linebacker David Aguebu is going to play some pass rush for you. You're talking about adding Latrell McCutcheon from USC, and you also added quarterback in Donovan Smith coming from Texas Tech. I understand you got a derby going on between he and Lucas Coley, but what do you need to see from one of those guys to try to step in for what was a really remarkable player in Clayton Toon? Yeah, we've been pretty stable at that position for the last four years. Um, you know, ironically enough, uh, you know, we were one of two teams last year that's had the same starting quarterback over the course of the entire season. So you better get more than one of them ready to play. You know, Donovan comes in with 21 games experience in the Big 12, you know, has played a lot of ball, is a very mature young man, is 6'5", 240, looks the part, coach's kid. And I think his best football is ahead of him. So I'd give him the nod just based on experience, but, uh, you know, proud of Lucas Coley and the way he's competing. So you got to get him ready to go as well. Um, hopefully we don't have to get to number three. I got some inexperienced guys after that. Well, coach, I'm also interested in that offensive line. The guys that got to keep that guy upright. And one in particular, like I, I wonder if it's just me because I keep looking around and I see Patrick Paul at six foot seven, three fifteen, And I understand the NFL's already spotted him, but I wonder how many folks are going to get a full dose going into 2023 in this league. Well, I, you know, I've got high hopes for Patrick. You know, uh, you know, we were a pass-first, pass-heavy team last year, and his pass-blocking grades are off the charts. He's just a massive human being. He, you know, Texas Tech had a pretty good pass rusher last year, and Tyree Wilson and and Patrick. Uh, you know, he's a top five pick or whatever he was, and and Patrick blocked him all day long in pass protection. Uh, we're gonna get you know focus a little more on on the run game a little bit. Try to be a little bit more balanced and and uh, need him to get his pads lower a little bit in the run game. And if we can do that, I, I think he'll go pretty early. One more cook recruit that I really am paying a close attention to is Michael Harris pilot. Um, I wonder, are we going to see a bunch of him this year? But uh, it, it feels like that dude's got a lot of talent. It's just where are you going to play him and how are you going to use him? You know, we were, we were uh, a kind of a, uh, you know, a, a one-hit wonder with Tank Dell last year. I mean, he had so many targets and was the featured guy. Our, our second, third, and fourth leading receiver uh, are all back. Uh, we've added three transfers that I think are going to be able to play. And then we got a couple of freshmen that are extremely uh, highly rated. Uh, you know, two of the, you know, him and uh, Mikhail and Jonah Wilson are both four-star guys that you know, we beat everybody in the country out on. Um, you know, that's what the Big 12 does for you. You can, you can sell the schedule and sell the, the competition, and you you might end up landing a few guys like that. Uh, that's a deep that's a deep receiver room, and I'm looking forward to being able to 
coach all these guys in August and, and figure out uh, who's going to get the PT. My last question for you, Coach. Uh, a lot of folks watch what Texas Christian was able to do last year and rightly or wrongly believe that why not us then? Because we got as much as they got and we're not that far removed from a talent deficit. Do you believe that it's in the cars for Houston to be one of those teams that's competing for a college football playoff spot in the very near future? I think Houston's best years are ahead of them, no question. I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to the point to where we're going to be on the same level playing field as everybody else with facilities, uh, with uh, the, the amount of conference money coming our way. Uh, all that's going to happen in due time. So we just try to be competitive each and every week. And, you know, our first one's against UTSA next year, and we need to be competitive with that and then turn around and do it again the next week. We do play TCU week three, which that's our inaugural uh, Big 12 football game. And there'll be a lot of excitement around that. Uh, it, it was fun watching TCU last year. Uh, I've known Sonny Dykes for a long time and, you know, he's resurrected his career and, and, and you know, the ball bounced their way. They have obviously really good players. I think they had 11, 12 guys drafted last year, um, you know, but but the ball bounced their way. They got hot, momentum's uh a pretty, a pretty valuable thing, and if you can capitalize on that, when and the ball bounces your way with good players, and you got a shot, you know. So it's good to be in that conversation, and if we can put together some wins and and get some momentum, then who knows what'll happen at the end of the year. Well, I'm excited to see what is in store for Houston in 2023. Dana Hogerson, thank you so much for joining us here on the Number One College Football Show, Coach. Awesome, appreciate it. Go Cougs. And that's a wrap on our Big 12 Media Days interviews. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Catherine Donnelly. Our production assistant is Kiara Santana. Our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our leads of screening are Torin Westfall and Jack Coakley. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all next week. Doses.